0: Well, welcome again. My name is Jason, one of the pastors here with Artisan Church. I just realized I was shoeless. I hope no one minds that. Uh, Actually, I do that a lot. Uh, Hey, you're joining us at the beginning of this uh, new series we're doing. As the video bumper uh, just talked about, uh, it's a series called One Prayer. Uh, In in a sense, it starts officially next week, but we thought it'd be appropriate to do a little bit of a prequel, sort of get ourselves in the game, ready for a... for really looking at this idea of, of praying. And what it is, it's a rather historic message series in some ways, not necessarily because we're doing it or part of it, but because there's somewhere upwards of 900 to 1,000 churches that are doing this series together this month, which is kind of cool. And uh, the premise is if God were to answer just one prayer, what would you pray? And so, of course... We all have different ideas, and so in the coming weeks, we're going to hear from some of the other churches who are involved in this One Prayer series, and via video, live satellite feed, uh, other stuff like that. I I don't know. It's very technical. Uh, I think it involves pushing play. Uh, We'll hear from some other speakers, and then at the end of this series, it's all leading up to a special video production with your teaching pastors here at Artisan, where we will talk about what our One Prayer is, but tonight... Because we're very postmodern, we it's sort of a meta prayer. We're going to pray, make us pray. You know, it's one of those going to meet yourself leaving. It's going to be very Star Trekian. Um, but make us pray. What does that look like? For some of us, that is you know a cry for for help. <laughs> God, make it so I can pray. For some, it's a very just sincere a desire. God, make it so so prayer comes more easily. For some of us, it's a bit of a defiant dare, because we've tried this prayer thing before, and it has not gone well. We're not really sure it works, means anything, and so it's sort of a, God, I dare you, make us pray. <laughs> yeah. And I think all of those are actually appropriate. And in my own life, figuring out how prayer works and what that looks like, sort of the richest source of those materials uh, is the interactions I've had with my kids, That being a dad has actually been the the most profound area of spiritual enlightenment, insight, call it what you will, uh, and especially in this area of prayer. We've had a a habit for several years now of of praying uh, before bedtime. uh, Myself with my 10-year-old son, Jaron, 7-year-old daughter, Bryn. Uh, But just this week, we started a new way of doing this because now they have their own rooms and so before, they were in bunk beds, and it's kind of a different dynamic. Now, it's, it's really interesting to be doing it with each of them. But what's, what's been great is seeing how prayer truly is something that even a child could do. In fact, we have a lot to learn from kids when it comes to prayer. Uh, but some of the things that I've done with my kids are teach them those historic prayers, like the Lord's Prayer, which we'll look at later. Uh, something called the Jesus Prayer, which we use every once in a while here. It's this great Eastern Orthodox prayer. Um, but now I lay me down to sleep, both the uh, the traditional version and the funny one about the bag of candy at our feet. Bryn always liked that one. If I die before I wake, I hope it's, it's probably from a tummy ache, that, that prayer. So we mix it all in there, and I figure they'll work it out in their teen years somewhere. Um, but even things like listening prayers. And so it's amazing to see at the time, my five-year-old daughter Brynn spend any length of time quietly listening as we were practicing this listening prayer. But then to also have her ask the very same questions and have the the same thoughts that we have, because as she's sitting there, she's like, "How do I know when God's talking? That's a great question. Uh, Is God here somewhere? Because I don't see him. Good question." Uh, and when, what am I listening for? I didn't have good answers for it, but uh, those are questions we all bring. That this idea of prayer and wanting God to, to make it, make us pray uh, in some way. And so does prayer change anything? What is it? How do we actually go about it? Those are questions, mysteries that we bring to this. And when we do that, we're actually in pretty good company because Jesus' disciples themselves, who were closest to the guy, still had questions. In fact, we're going to look at the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, as we explore this area of of asking God to make us pray, especially in preparation for the month that lies ahead of one prayer. So here's what's going on. Luke, chapter 11, beginning of verse 1. And it says that Jesus was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Make us pray, Lord. There's something about how Jesus was in the attitude of prayer, the words he used, the fact that he seemed to get results when he prayed. Whatever it was, it intrigued them. And they wanted to have that go on in their life as well. And so when we hear words like that, Lord, teach us to pray. <laughs> Those of us who've been in the church for any length of time, uh, when there's something that's going to be taught to us, we've come to expect it'll be something rather complicated, that it's going to take a long time to figure it out. There must be all sorts of insider language and tricks. And, and so prayer and spiritual things like that, of course, is very complicated so we'll expect that Jesus is going to start laying out this, this very convoluted 365-day prayer plan for him. There'll be a calendar with tear-off sheets and, you know, and things they'll write in a journal, and it's going to be a system, right? And yet that's not what it is. And so I worry that sometimes what keeps us from actually praying and experiencing prayer as something life-giving and, and transformative is that we think it's complicated. We think it's something that's reserved for really smart people or really educated people or people who have a lot of time on their hands or <laughs> things like that. But here's what Jesus begins to say. And so my first premise as we're asking God to, to make us pray is that prayer is powerfully simple. Look how simple this is. And you may recognize hints of a prayer that you know Here in Jesus' words, but he continues on a little bit later in verse 2 through 4. And so after they asked him to teach us to pray, picking up again in verse 2, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial." That's it. That's pretty simple. It's so simple, in fact, that you may recognize that it seems like they've cut out the good stuff from the Lord's Prayer. So, so did they edit Jesus down? No, actually, what we've done, and actually, Matthew, the gospel writer Matthew, or those who, as part of the oral tradition and the scriptures being put together, it was not uncommon and didn't violate, you know, sort of God's oversight of the scriptures coming together, they would often explain things for new audiences. So, in Matthew's gospel, which if you want to write this down, Matthew chapter six, verse nine through fifteen, covers roughly the same area. You have a, a fuller version of this prayer, and you wonder if one of the impulses, even with Matthew, was, can it be that simple? And of course, now we say the uh, the King James Elizabethan Shakespearean English, and you know it's going to be very somber. The Lord's Prayer. And, you got to be in some certain body posture and powerfully simple though is how Jesus lays it out but what he's doing there is not just giving a like an incantation like prayer is some words we say to magically produce results he's not saying just mindlessly repeat these things he's doing what was in the rich tradition of rabbis of that day he's giving a model prayer that they could memorize and use, but also would sort of give them a sense of of how prayer would work. And so one of the ways this prayer is powerfully simple is that it does give that model. And so how does Jesus start out the prayer? He simply says, Father. Sort of his signature way of addressing God was Abba in the Aramaic. And it wasn't real formal like, Father, Father. It wasn't sort of goofy and informal like, you know, daddy either. It's sort of in that middle zone, you know, dad. Respectful yet relational. And so this most simple model for prayer is what those of us who are parents have already experienced. It's a son or a daughter coming to a mom or a dad and asking a question or asking to meet a need Prayer is just that simple. It's no more complicated than, than approaching God as our heavenly Father and just sharing. And you know the crazy stuff your kids ask you. Some of you remember having been kids, and actually some of you in your 20s are st- still asking mom and dad for stuff, and that's another series. But uh, I think most of you got out of your parents' basement at this point, so we're making some progress here at Artisan Church. Uh, but you know what it's like to uh, to just have those requests. And it doesn't matter how small and significant or even how monumental it is. As a parent, you want to respond. And that's how we approach God. And then one of the things that sometimes stops us from praying or makes us doubt whether we should be praying a certain prayer or not is, is we wonder if we're wasting God's time. You know, is it wasn't an appropriate prayer, you know. Should he be bothered with this? And I think even in that, Jesus gives, uh, he implies a couple questions that we might ask. One of them is, will God be honored? You know, because he says, our, you know, Father, hallowed be your name. You know, you deserve our respect. So if we're going to pray to God, will the prayer, him working in that, will he be honored? Which sounds very important, right? Another way of saying is, will it make God look good? so you might wonder, well, then that probably means it should really save the big ones for God. Well, I don't know. You lose your keys, as I sometimes do, and you spend a whole hour looking for them. Or like my wife Lisa, who's a genius at this stuff, you say a simple prayer and then just a couple minutes later find them. Under which scenario does God look better? me doing it on my own and not producing results and ignoring, just asking God, you know, bring to mind, magically have them appear, you know, let me catch a fish and they're in its mouth. You did that with coins. Do something. So if God looks good with the simple stuff, you know, sure, bring it to him. And then another question implied when Jesus says, your kingdom come, is, will God answering this prayer in some way show his kingdom power breaking through that the chaos the brokenness of this world will just for a moment or in just a tiny corner of that world will some order be restored will God's rule and reign be shown here and if you've had to scramble you know finding those keys in the, in the primordial chaos of your counter and God brings order to that chaos you know, that's the kingdom of God breaking through and so of course it is on larger issues as well. So it's powerfully simple. And then one of the ways that he helps us understand prayer is by saying it's just simple content. You don't have to make this convoluted either. So what's that simple content look like? It's it's the physical and spiritual sustenance. So give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. What are the basic needs that you have? Those are appropriate to bring to God in prayer. And so powerfully simple stuff. And so not only is it powerfully simple, but prayer is also simply powerful. That's sort of the flip of it. And uh, uh, can I... Just send him away. I've, we're in the middle of something. S- send him away. Just just go. I, I apologize. We've, we get children from the neighborhood coming here often. We try to ignore them. Um, so I lost where I was here. So prayer, pa- please just ignore the homeless children out there. We're doing important stuff here. So I think, in part, because of its simplicity, that's also what gives it power. So what does that look like, that prayer is also simply powerful? Um, it's a great question. I'm still a little thrown off by, uh, by the children out there. So uh, I think they've got us surrounded. Uh, I'm going to see what's going on out here. because. Um, we're in the middle of something, so if you could just uh, just not bother so, us. Uh, again, he, he, they're just collecting money for something. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, what? Can you okay. have some bread? Can you have some bread? Uh, you had to ask while well, I'm standing next to bread. Well, we're just going to trust it as we take community, it will multiply. Um, if I give you this bread, will you go live back in the woods wherever you came from and, and let us get on with the important stuff here? Sure, just give me the bread. All right, thank you. So, um, <laughs> I have completely lost where I was. Um, well... When in doubt, just return to Scripture. Let's, uh, where did I finish here? Let's just pick it up in verse 5. Something about prayer, powerful, simple, I don't know. Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked. My children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not give up and give him anything because he is a friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. Prayer is powerful because it moves the heart and hand of God. And Jesus, in a rather humorous way, Jesus had a wicked sense of humor, Excuse the pun there. Um, that's my mainisms coming out. Wicked sense of humor at Jesus. He was smart and funny. <laughs> that if a persistent, annoying friend can get a response from us, do you suppose God's desire is to move a little more quickly in a more meaningful way? Prayer is simply powerful. Now, if you're worried, you know, does that mean then that we get to manipulate God? That if we just bang on the door long enough, God has to do what we say? If we throw a tantrum, well, again, go back to the parenting. Those of us who have been parents, all of us have had parents. It's true that at times, kids can be a little manipulative. But rarely do we misunderstand what's going on as parents. And even when they're being manipulative, we often still understand what the need is behind the tantrum. And as good parents, we may still respond. We may do what they're asking, or better yet, redirect that. But more times than not, those simple questions, those requests for help, those aren't manipulation. And by us responding and stopping what we're doing and being involved in what our kids are doing, are we diminished in any way as parents? Are we less than parents? Or are we in fact more parent-like in those moments? And so I don't think God is in any way manipulated or diminished by the fact that he has set up this world in such a way that when we pray, that's when he likes to do stuff. It's a mystery. But I found it to be true in my life. And here's what Jesus goes on to say about, about how this works. He, he spells it out in case in case the disciples missed the joke. Uh, he carries on in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 9 through 10. And he says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. Powerfully simple. But then see, for everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Simply powerful. Now, I don't often, as a pastor, as a Christian, make a lot of bold claims on God's behalf. A lot of folks get in trouble when they say Scripture promises things that it does not. Then someone wonders why their life is not perfect, or why their car's not paid off, or why their marriage has trouble, and, and they, they blame God. And often it's because they have been taught things about how these promises work. But I feel somewhat confident that this promise is true. That when we ask, when we seek, when we knock, we really will get answers and direction and new opportunities. Now here's what isn't promised here that you'll like the answer, that you'll be in favor of the new direction, or that the new opportunity is something that you're going to be all excited about. That ain't promised anywhere. Um, when I was seeking and searching as an engineering student, I was not looking for the direction that pointed pastor. Didn't matter. <laughs> that was where God guided me. And so that may be true in your life as well. And so it's It's simply powerful. These powerfully simple prayers where we ask, where we search, and where we knock. I'm sorry, we've got some more interruptions here at the back. Um, you were the one with the bread, too. What's going on here? <laughs> what, do, you need the, do you need something? No. All right. So just come up here and let's get this over with. What, what is it that you actually want? <laughs> so, so the, the bread wasn't enough, huh? You want a snack. Um, well, often, in the middle of a message, I get a, I get a bit peckish. So I, I usually pack something for myself just in case. I hide it, though, from the band because they'll eat it. Um, I, I guard it with a snake, for one. But uh, that's, let's put that there. So I, I actually made some, uh, ironically enough, deviled eggs. Um, so tell you what. You guys can have these. Would you do me a favor, Zoe, before... You don't have to, but would you? Would you read a... Uh, maybe you can help me out here, because I, I keep losing track of where I am. Why don't you read a little pastor scripture, and uh, you already had the bread there. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to the, to the responsible one. Um, so, Zoe, why don't you help us out here real quick, and, uh, and read this last part of the scripture. And, uh, oh, we've just become a snake-handling church. That's exciting. <laughs> And it was my daughter who led the way. Who knew? Hey, would you guys listen with us as we, uh, there, reptile cowboy, as Zoe reads us past the scripture? Thank you, honey. Is there anyone among you who, if a child asked for a fish, you would give a snake instead of a fish? Depends on the child. (laughs) Or if a child asked for an egg, you give a scorpion? I will. Nope. If you then are who are evil, who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to ask Him? Thank you very much. Cool. Will you guys go enjoy your, uh, your deviled eggs there, Damien? And uh, thank you very much. So, again, I apologize for the interruptions tonight. It's, uh, it's just very unprofessional of, of us. And, We're going to lock those doors next week. (laughs) God doesn't want to make us pray. He wants to invite us to pray. And he's a God who gives good gifts and whose pleasure is to respond to the questions as any good parent would with answers that are the ones we need not always the ones we want. It's his good pleasure to give direction we're seeking, perhaps away from where we're heading, and to open new opportunities when we knock. Prayer is powerfully simple. I believe it's simply powerful. And so then what's left to us is to simply pray. It doesn't get any more complicated than that. And in fact, I question whether anyone can understand prayer. It's not one of those things you can study for and then start. You actually have to pray, and it's not going to make a lot of sense, maybe till years later how it works, why it works, why it's God's pleasure to work that way. And so what could that look like? For us to simply pray, for us to ask, to seek, to knock. Well, I do want to say this, sort of a caveat, that as simple as this is, it does require some action on our part. Jesus recommends highly that we ask, because God doesn't tend to answer questions no one is asking. And for those of you who like answering questions no one is asking, please stop. Wait till they start asking the questions, those friends of yours, just let the questions come up. Because then, then we hear the answers when we're ready. God doesn't tend to reveal things to those who aren't actively seeking. He doesn't tend to open doors that we don't knock on. And the best and ultimate answer to prayer that he gives is that Holy Spirit at work in the life of, our, of a follower of Jesus. And so I would not want anyone to leave here without practicing prayer without having a simple way of praying. So here's what I want us to do. I want us to take that slightly more complicated Lord's Prayer. That's okay. That's very familiar to all of us. We'll even use the that Elizabethan, King James, Shakespearean English, because it's just sort of familiar. And that's okay. And what I want us to do is we will do that prayer together, the Lord's Prayer, and then we'll sort of take it deeper and I'll say a sentence at a time of the prayer and then point out how that gives us a way of praying. And we'll do that together. Does that sound good? So let us uh, do the Lord's Prayer together and then uh, we'll kind of go deeper into prayer in a moment. So say this with me Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's continue praying. Bow your heads if that helps you. And so we begin, God, praying, our Father, We recognize that you are the one who created us, our Father who art in heaven. So we begin by praying and praising you just for who you are. And so everyone here, however you choose, just say a quick prayer of praise to God for who he is, all-powerful, near-at-hand creator. But praise God for who he is just for a moment. God, by praising you, we recognize how worthy you are of worship and of us following you. And so we then continue by praying, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so before we go too deep into our wants and our needs and our struggles, help us recognize, God, that it's your will that matters. And so we just take a moment right now to affirm and admit and ask that it be your will at work in our lives. Take a moment and do that. And now with that right attitude of praising you and seeking your will first and foremost, it is entirely appropriate for us to pray and give us this day our daily bread. And so I'd ask everyone here to, just for a moment, pray for whatever the need is in your life today, physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, whatever it is, just share that with God right now. And God, it's somewhat appropriate that after requesting you meet needs in our lives, that we then recognize that we really need grace. And so we pray, forgive us our sins. And it's even comforting to know that we can pray and ask for you to work our lives even before we have the forgiveness of sins. So that we're not confused about earning grace We're working out our salvation, but we do recognize we need you. So God, right now, we admit that there are areas in our lives where we have fallen short of what you'd have for us, both through rebellious actions against your will and through digging in our heels and refusing to do the good things you've put in our lives to do. So I'd ask that everyone would just take a moment and admit an area of their lives where, where they've fallen short of what God would have for them. Take a moment to do that. And God, when we come to, to truly understand the depth of your grace and our deep need for it, then we begin to realize it's not to be hoarded and kept selfishly to ourselves. We're to share that grace. And so we pray not only that you'd forgive our sins, but that you would enable us to forgive others who have sinned against us. And so bring to mind right now, God, those relationships that are are fractured, those areas of our lives where we hold something rightfully so against another person. And yet if we keep that bitterness, that anger, that weight of unforgiveness, It will make us less than what you want us to be. And so we pray right now for you to begin working in the area that we need to forgive others. Bring that person to mind. Encourage us to take some steps this week. Go ahead and spend a moment. And so, God, we just pray that you'd protect us on the journey, that you would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And let's pray that last part all together again. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Prayer is so simple that even a child could do it. It's so simple that we often try to make it complicated. And so I hope that even having the Lord's Prayer, which is printed in your bulletin, of seeing how it's a pattern and not some incantation to make life perfect, but a way of approaching God in prayer, that that will be a help to you. And so I encourage you a couple times this week uh, to work through that prayer. Uh, In fact, that's one of the ways I've taught Jaron and Brynn to pray. And it's really neat to see, even though you say the same words, What it brings to mind in between those is new and fresh things every time. So I encourage you to do that. And so, my hope is that if we've called called upon God to, to make us prayerful, to make us people of prayer, to make us, in fact, pray, that we are now better prepared for what we will hear through His Word this coming month. And so I want to give you some other ways to respond. Take the Lord's Prayer with you, Practice that a few times this week. But some other ways through the remainder of our worship that, that this can become real and sink in. One of the ways we celebrate every week is at the Lord's table. We prayed, give us this day our daily bread, which points to the bread of life that Jesus is. And at the communion table, there's bread there. The simplest of foods. And the fruit of the vine, wine and juice, the simplest of drinks, and yet, how powerful is those are those symbols? How powerful is that sacrament? So, if you are seeking to follow after Jesus, and that does not mean perfectly. Remember the folks that were invited to that table: thieves, traitors, betrayers, annoying people. You know, you're covered. The table is for those who are seeking to follow after Jesus. Tear a piece of bread, dip it in the wine and the juice, and receive that sustenance. For others, that may not be where you're at yet, and it is appropriate not to pretend, but to spend time in prayer. And you may choose to do that at your seats. Uh, in fact, it's not terribly weird. got the nice carpet here now, and uh, if you want to kneel some of these chairs, that's not weird at all. You can do that. Or there's a prayer area over here as well. In fact, there's a kneeler there if you want the kind of the fancy one. That's there. I'm gonna try to go sit over in these chairs if, if it helps to pray with someone. And then as a physical act of prayer, you see on this door over here from the folks this morning, there's some prayers tacked up there. And so to get it out of our heads, and make it tangible, I would encourage everyone here to maybe write a question that you have of God or you know, some area in your life that needs direction or an opportunity that you just wish God would open up and just write that down. And if you don't mind other people seeing it, just, just tack it up there the way you write it or you can fold it up and tack it there. And then, just for kicks, to amuse me, I'd love to hear people just knock on that door. It's just a physical act of prayer after you put it there. And maybe in the coming days and weeks as we do this series, I would love to hear back from people if God's working in those prayers so we can encourage one another, right? And so these things will be open for the remainder of worship and through the food and dinner afterwards until we close down tonight. So I hope you'll take advantage of those and respond as God leads you. Prayer, it's simple. It's powerful. God invites us to do it. Let's continue praying and worshiping.